Hey guys, how's it going? Just gonna pop in here real quick because we're trying something new. We're gonna call them the on the phone sessions. As you've come to know after 50 or so episodes, I love having people in the studio. It allows me to sit across from them, get a read on their facial expressions, their body language, as we noodle through different ideas and thoughts and allow our conversations to grow naturally. But in a time of self-isolation, working from home and physically distancing, that just isn't possible. So I'm going to try to bring the same types of conversations onto the phone. And that's going to be tough for me because I've never really been in my whole life a phone person. But I'm going to try. And by doing this, I think we can talk to some people that have been on the podcast before, but also reach out to those who wouldn't normally be able to come into the studio because they don't live in the city of Toronto. So hang with us as we try something a little bit new. These are going to be shorter episodes, and we thought there would be no better way to kick it off than a conversation with my good pal, Matt Shinetti. See if we can get him on the phone. On the phone. This is new to me. I'm used to having everyone in a studio where I can see their face, but there's no better person than you to get you on the phone because I know that even if we can't de- uh, look deeply and longingly into each other's eyes, that we can still you know, have a great conversation and fill more than enough time. How you doing, pal? That's the power of the bromance, Clayton. I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm trying to figure out, I think as we all are, technology in in isolation. And I, I had this box, you know, that connected everything and, and set up a mini studio. And then we sent it out to one of our creators that we work with, uh, one of the hosts of Sportsfeld. And then I got a different one. But man, when I was trying to set up today, all I was getting was static and feedback in my ear. And so thank you for waiting uh, as I tried to, to, to work through this. Uh, patience is a virtue we all need to have, Clayton, even though sometimes it feels like it's an extra short supply. How have you found yourself testing or exercising more patience uh, with a little extra time at home, something none of us are, are used to with our schedules? It's been interesting. Uh, I think, what are we in now, day 52? I finally hit that point uh, about, I'd say, two days ago where uh, I got everything that everyone else is kind of dealing with, which is I have no idea what day it was. Completely. Um, it's It's been something to adapt to. And, you know, even this morning speaking to a few friends of mine, just saying, um, you know, patience is something that uh, has its own supply. And I have found a few times myself just kind of, not, I won't say becoming unhinged, but kind of, um, testing the the overall limitations of of maybe my own r- ranges of accepting the situation, accepting right. other people in the situation, and and I think that's only natural. And we hear so much about self care and self love, and I think that, you know, that's, that that those shouldn't be seen as disingenuous. I think it's really it's really important right now that we all just try to find a second to breathe and. You know, and and someone said to me, and and quite poignantly today that, um, uh, you know, it's it's always good to try to check in to take care of other people, but but the first thing you should be doing in this situation is taking care of yourself first, which I think is very uh, very appropriate. And this might be an oversimplified version of that, but you know, whenever we're on a flight, when you look at little flight manual, 
uh, or or safety manual that's in, in in the sleeve in front of you. By the way, I, say, I, I miss I miss your your Instagram stories about flight manuals. By the way, that's <laughs> for those who've never seen who've never seen Clayton uh, stories coming from a plane. He uh, uh, on Instagram, he's always willing to give his interpretation of what the in-flight manual says. You travel a lot. Do you keep track of the amount of flights that you generally take in a year? Uh, yeah, that's because I like to hoard those uh, those those miles uh, to use them right, for, of course. For, for a bunch of other reasons. So, but after a while, that you know, for for a few years, I was quite excited to be like, oh yeah, I've flown over fifty times this year, or one year I, I flew close to sixty, and now. Uh, I, that 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 matters less and less to me for some reason. Maybe, maybe and really, and it, and it has nothing really to do with what we're going through. Which is kind of like, yeah, I don't. That I'm not as excited to 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 travel last minute as I used to because that technically is now becoming much more of a hassle in terms of scheduling and, and all that stuff. I remember working with the great John Bartlett when he was still with the Toronto Marlies. He's now with Sportsnet, uh, covering the NHL when there is NHL. But I remember John trying to help a young clay realize that a travel day is still a work day even though in my mind i thought it was like the greatest freedom in the world to be to to be able to travel but you realize the amount of energy that you put out just you know getting ready getting there going through the check-in process flying wherever you have to and then dealing with normal work stuff whether on your phone or laptop through the whole process and then generally it's not like they send you away for a really easy four-day weekend when you have to go cover something. Generally, if the, as narrow of a window as they're able to book you that makes sense financially, that's where you end up. And so sometimes that means, you know, turnarounds that are less than 24 hours from when you landed. Yeah, I experienced that maybe most acutely this year after passing Kobe Bryant in which I we, we all got the notification from TMZ and I looked at I looked at my travel bag. I actually went into my my bedroom, opened my closet, and looked at my bag. Going, I'm going to, I'm going to Los Angeles. And lo and behold, 45 minutes later, my my one of my bosses was like, "You're going to Los Angeles," and, and it basically was yeah, you fly out uh, that night at about 8 a.m. by 8 p.m. You touch down in Las Vegas at what time was it? 11 o'clock. Yeah. And then you go sleep for four and a half hours, get up, fly to L.A., and then you're standing outside Staples Center at 9 a.m. And you're you're there for that day for me was was like 12, 13 hours. So it's uh, the, 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 I agree with uh, with John Bartlett. It um, I had to learn it to myself that those days they are work days, and there's there's no messing with that. I have a question because you've done uh, – you have been put in these situations often where you are present on scene somewhere and 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 outside the Staples Center is one example. Uh, we spoke just the other night about when you're outside after the Raptors won uh, the NBA championship. I also think uh, around the time all the Kauai – Oh, yes. I spent eight hours in front of a, uh, in front of a hotel in Hazleton Lane uh, in Toronto trying to uh... – 
stake out Kawhi Leonard, as it were. And, and, and those were, that was one instance where my patience wore very thin very quickly, Clayton. What is your role in that moment? Like, it, it, you're there for extended periods of time, and obviously the camera isn't rolling for eight straight hours. What's your role in that moment, and how does it kind of unfold? I, uh, I don't know if I, I can say I've carved out a niche for myself at TSM, but the one thing that I have done over the last few years when we used to go outside and interact with people in live events, um, what a time that was, uh, was my, <laughs> my job was essentially, um, and it kind of became as I was very good at processing information and articulating it on live TV quite quickly, um, which I think probably was honed a little bit doing a lot of live football broadcasts and then TSN kind of threw me into the situation, threw, into, threw me into a few situations where uh, it's basically like, well, Sinead's on scene and he's waiting and he's giving us what he sees. And I think the Raptors championship run last year kind of totally showed people at TSN, okay, this is something that Sinead is efficient at. And then as soon as they sent me to um, the memorial for for Kobe Bryant, that's or not memorial, but the, the days after he died, and in, in, in the growing memorial uh, outside of Staples Center, they they knew that you know I could. This is not me patting myself on the back. It's just kind of like the the the, the, the gauntlet that they, that they had me run through, which is you know you're on every live um, Bell Media affiliate, and you have to be able to process the information. And the emotions that you're seeing around you, and not necessarily be repetitive and say the same thing over and over and over again. And it's funny, I, I'm very much a, a person who's constantly, and I know you're like this as well, Clayton, where you go back and, and think about the five or six or seven different ways you could have done something differently, or in your mind you think better. And now I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, in that moment, I could have written this for Dotsie, I could have maybe done this, I could have maybe been done this. But the fact is, you don't know when you get there how you're going to process an event like that because those two events are very, 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 very different. And I'm speaking of the Raptors, the, the, the Raptors championship, and the um, uh, Kobe Bryant's uh, passing, uh, tra traumatic passing, because you're going there, going, uh, how am I going to process this moment? And you are especially when you're on live TV, your energy is so focused on observing and telling the story properly because the trust that you're given in that situation, especially the Kobe Bryant one, is you're speaking to things authentically because you are there in the moment. And if, um, if, you're, if you're too preoccupied in your own head, especially when you're on live TV and you're trying to relay those emotions, um, you know, and I've done it before when I was living my career and making a mistake on a live that you um, you could you could put yourself in quicksand like mental quicksand very quickly. So um, I, I, as much as I sit back and go, oh, I could have done this and I could have done that, and I'm still overall, especially the Kobe Bryant one, quite happy with with what I was able to do because that Kobe Bryant situation was um, uh, was very unique and very emotional, and you could tell just the level of of, of emotion that it that it stirred in people. Are you, are, is there like a schedule, do you know that you're going to be on four times every hour or are you given like a 15 minute heads up before they want you and say, Hey, we need you on 
the morning show or the evening news or sports center how does that how does that communication work because i'm guessing it's you and a camera operator right there's no yeah, yeah. there's no so, third producer on the ground there's a an eng and electric news gathering uh cameraman a photojournalist uh you know some of the great guys that work at tsn who I've, I've, i have the pleasure of collaborating with and those guys um they basically are also your producers where you're there. Um, you know, I've been I've been thrust in situations uh, you know, where you don't really know how many times you're going to be on, and uh, because there's you know, Bell Media is kind of a, a, a huge entity in which you know, my colleagues like Mark Masters can tell you, you know, you have CP24 and you have CTV National News and you have CTV News, and you could have other affiliates from across the country who who kind of all want to be a part of the moment. Uh, and they're, they they want to tap into you because they want that immediacy and they want that visibility and they want that uh, front facing exposure when 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 they have someone from the you know the, the the Bell Media family there. So it's I have said to producers in, in the past because there are some producers who will say, well, if you're there, you can do 25 live hits over the course of you know 10 hours, which is which is insane it's just if you, you like I, the one thing I, I realized and i think i did 12 to 16 hits the first day of the um the kobe bryant um situation and i was more exhausted after that than i've been for any live event i've ever done and maybe that's because you're kind of feeding off the emotions of other people and, and the atmosphere and the travel and i, I remember getting back to the hotel room the, that night and, um, you know, obviously dealing with the time change as well and, and just sitting there going, I need to sleep. Like right now I need to sleep. And, and it was, um, yeah, it, 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 you, you kind of need to appreciate that as much as it's great to, to want to be on all the time and, and, you know, be visible all the time. If, if you're giving, if you're giving 25 hits in which you're only giving what, 30% of your best effort, you, you, you want to be, especially because, you know, there is a bit of a performance art to what you're doing as well, because they, they, they want you there to articulate things in an appropriate manner. You also need to say, okay, how much time do I need to actually go into the crowd and talk to people and get a sense and do interviews and be there and be present? Um, because if you're just going there to stand in front of a camera and you're not going out there to do any actual reporting and walking around and talking to people, um, then, then you're kind of a, a, a waste at, uh, at the responsibilities you have. All, all the journalism that you had, all the reporting you had done, you know, through written into television, no doubt helps you be more than just, you know, a very strikingly handsome face on camera. <laughs> that's, that's, that's either strikingly as in that, 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 that feels like the way I like to, like to put that, given the kind of suits and shoes I wear, is I like just to be a punch in the face in terms of my style. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant was that you, you are able to do more than just talk on camera. You know, you can really contribute to uh, the storytelling of the whole event by speaking and, and, and getting a read off the people because you aren't just a presenter. You aren't just a host. Uh, you have a very strong journalistic background to you as well, which yeah, is but a credit that had to, be to learned, you and that, to your job. That had to be learned, though, Clayton, and that's the one thing I've never, there's a story I've never really told, uh, or at least not readily, um, you know, 
the story that really propelled me maybe to you know that next level of uh, a better internship at the National Post or working more hours at um, uh, where was I because I was at the National Post for a, a, a a summer internship and then I went to CBC and I went back to the National Post. Um, but the story that it is, I went to, and I bedded myself in Canada's national rugby team and I had for, you know, to, to be blunt, I was just a, a guy who watched soccer and covered, and covered the first three years of Toronto FC and, and did some freelancing for, um, you know, the Gold Mail and, and uh, you know, a U.S. newspaper and and I needed to kind of thrust myself into a situation where I was actually developing those journalistic and storytelling skills. And, and the fact is, when I actually went and embedded with the Canadian, the Canadian national rugby team as they prepared for the 2011 Rugby World Cup, I went over to England and I cracked my pants because I was scared out of my mind. Because I, I was, you know, I had, you know, early 20s traveling for the first time. Um, kind of experiencing a, a whole new world for the first time um, and had to learn how to interact with people and and kind of come out of my comfort zone and I and I remember calling my parents at that point and I have no shame in saying it and saying I want to come home because I don't think I can do this and and that's not exclusive to me but I think what the one thing that you know and and, and I've spoken to feature writers about this uh, one Chris Jones, who was, you know, a very famous Esquire and ESPN writer, uh, very accomplished, said to me once, "If you're not still getting the butterflies in this business, then it really doesn't, then it really doesn't matter anymore." And I still get those butterflies, but I do remember the anxiety I felt, the anxiousness, uh, because I, I didn't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or come across it in a, in a certain way. And that trip to England and reporting on that team was very formative for me. And it's all a blur right now. Like, I, I, I can remember um, little splashes of color throughout the throughout that entire experience. But if you asked me to close my eyes and, and go back to certain moments, I don't think I could because I was trying to, like, absorb everything that was going on. And, and I wrote that feature for, 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 the, um, for the National Post. And it was... Um, if, if, if not for that experience and, and, and a little bit of failure, then I wouldn't have been able to have all of these um, experiences and skills and ways of um, uh, ex uh, pro projecting myself and uh, kind of presenting myself on camera. I, and I think that's anyone who's in this business and, and, and who, whatever job they, they do, they have to have that kind of moment of like, okay, I got to take myself out of my comfort zone to be a little bit successful. Do you think you mentioned butterflies and I really like that comment, the the idea that we want to keep having the butterflies. Do you think there's a small piece of us that are kind of adrenaline junkies where you're looking you, to be pushed that extra bit? You want to feel that we can call it butterflies. We can call it nervousness. We can call it stage fright or whatever. We just want to feel that bit of that energy in order to propel us. I can tell you that I perform best when I've got that um, that sense of butterflies in the stomach. It's now I, my worst broadcast, well, my, and I consider that this past Grey Cup not one of my best broadcasts because I was so in my own head and I and I had like mapped out and done everything to a T that 
I didn't allow myself a little bit of improvisation and, 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 and the great cups that I've done and the live broadcasts that I've done, the things that I've done, I've trusted myself enough to say, when that camera comes on, you're going to be good. You're going to be fine. Just go with it. Don't worry about like having that word exactly correctly. You're going to be fine. You're going to be great. And I don't know why this past great cup in, in, in Calgary, I was like, so like, Oh, this is going to be the exact way it is. Say the, said the exact way it is because that was very uncharacteristic for me because the best broadcast I've done, you know, and, 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 you know, there, 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 there's, there, there's a deeper story to it that I don't, I don't know if I wanted to get into right now, but you know, one of the, one of the things that I, that I learned, especially in the 2016 football season, that I could take that anxiety and that anxiousness and the butterflies in the stomach and that kind of, uh, antsy hollowness that you feel sometimes before you you take that jump over the over the edge and and I kind of was like if if I can embrace that moment and use the energy of that moment then then I I, I found myself uh, operating at 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 really my highest level so I think I think there is something to that adrenaline junkie point but I also think too it's each individual person, how they, how they look at those emotions and how they use them. And to your credit and not again, not to get into too much, but I think we're always trying to tinker with the machine. When you talk about the gray cup and, and that you did things differently than you usually do. And, and you kind of analyze afterwards. Part of that, I think we get to chalk it up to the idea that we, we always want to tinker with the machine and see if doing something a little bit differently works better or it doesn't work better. And then we, we, we evaluate afterwards, we learn from it, we grow, and we move on, and, and that impacts one way or another what we do next time. On One last thought I had on the adrenaline junkie thing, is that perhaps what's so draining right now, being in an isolation, is that maybe things end up getting a little too routine or a little too comfortable because we, we are, at least in Toronto, each of us stuck in, you know, an apartment that's only so big with only so many resources at our fingertips, you know, and, and, and maybe it's we're not getting that feedback that we're used to or those butterflies that that, that drive us. I think it's I think it's an excellent point. And I think what what um, you know, everyone's talked about this idea of not needing to be super creative right now in the moment, I think it's, it's appropriate because. I think over the last week, I kind of had a moment of in this kind of intense surge of, okay, I've got this going on, I've got that going on, it's all great, it's all great. Um, and because, in a way, I guess we're all trying to justify our existence, we, you know, what, when when the machine slows down, to use your analogy a little bit more, you, you, you kind of think, okay, well, you know, what am I not doing? What should I be doing? What can I be doing? What more can I be doing? How can I look at this differently? How can I work at this differently? And, and sometimes it's okay to just kind of like, okay, let, let let the process let the process come to you and and don't bombard yourself with thoughts of all the things I could be doing and should be doing and if you kind of just naturally let your brain pause you'll find that you know the the ideas or at least um, the the process of idea making will will, will come back to you um, but it's difficult because you know what are we in Clayton Dave fifty something of this we're we're, and, we're in eight uh, week eight i know that much so we're in week eight of this and 
you know, we went from the middle of March or the beginning of March and blinking and now it's May. And this is a whole new world for a lot of people and it's a difficult world to navigate. And because it's a difficult world to navigate, I think as long as you're present enough that when there's an opportunity in front of you, you execute it. That's, I, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to, to, you know, to take a couple hours sometimes or a day or two and be like, okay, like just slow down, relax, and then um, go back and, and, and try to ramp up. But it's, it's difficult. And I don't, and I don't fault people for, for having, not being able to, to kind of, you know, struggling to kind of ramp up as, as, as fast as they might want to. Um, and, and for someone like me, I was saying to my girlfriend, uh, you know, they're doing these CFO Encore nights. And I remember seeing myself at the, behind the Argos bench for the 2017 Grey Cup going, and I put out an Instagram post about this, like I miss live events. I miss, I, I just miss it because you're, you're, there is, um, there, there is an incredible surge of energy that comes when you're standing in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people. And you know, you're also staring into a camera where there are hundreds of thousands of people on the other end. Like, like it's you, 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 you almost kind of embrace the the overwhelming nature of it. Like the, it's just like there's 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 so much sensory overload that if you can kind of harness it, it's 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 pretty awesome. Um, but it's it's this is a difficult reality to navigate through. And, and I don't think you want to fault any, anybody for being like, Whoa, like I'm, you know, this is, this can feel a little too much for me. I had a friend say, uh, very early on in this whole process that our very first, uh, mission right now, or our very first job right now is to stay healthy and stay safe. And so I think on this note, we can wrap it up. I want to keep this, these a little bit shorter. I'm testing, you know, if I can keep myself, to a shorter amount of time, Matt, you know very well that I could ramble all night long, um, or all day long. You and, I could, you, could, uh, you, you, you and I could do a, a Ken Burns <laughs> oral documentary on 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 just what the weather is today. Yeah, completely, and I'd love it. Uh, you have been. Uh, I, I'm really appreciative for the sake that you've been so willing on Tuesday nights to to hop on IG Live with me. We've been reliving some of the moments that we've experienced separately and some that we've been lucky enough to experience together. And a little thing that we have kind of dubbed press pass roulette, you know, we're still waiting for a different name, but for the time being, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out, especially as you said, uh, we all have those varying levels of energy and creative uh, ability uh, as we all c kind of navigate what's going on right now. Uh, I'm always here for you, brother. Call anytime. With that, I don't know how to end a call. How we normally end a call? If this was Hollywood, we'd just hang up. Yeah, just, just, just <laughs> awkward, awkward pause and then click. I hope you have yourself an excellent day. And I don't think we've spent this much time both in the city without being able to see each other. So I look forward to the day when we can hang out and, and grab dinner again. I'm giving you an audio hug, buddy. <laughs> Love you, dude. Talk soon. Take care. Sorry, you have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Please check the number and try your call again. <laughs> <laughs>